The Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 9th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. President Joe Biden visited the presidential battleground state of Wisconsin Wednesday to promote his economic agenda and strengthen his ties to working-class voters. Men and women in orange shirts and hard hats greeted Biden at the Laborers' Apprenticeship and Training Center in DeForest with a banner that said Union Strong. Layuna Local 464 member Sarah Varga introduced the president and says Biden's policies are helping workers like her reach their potential. We will be getting more money for the training center so we can get better tools that are more up-to-date instead of old job tools. Varga says like many people, she wasn't interested in getting a college degree, but rather in finding a good-paying occupation. And she agrees with Biden that his blue-collar blueprint to rebuild America is working. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Biden touted specific infrastructure projects bringing more jobs to the state, including the building of a new port terminal in Green Bay, Next to the Silver State, where one nonprofit organization is applauding the message Biden delivered to small businesses during the State of the Union address this week. Shondell Newsom with Small Business for America's Future says Biden's speech was focused on cultivating a sense of optimism. Newsom says while the economy is still recovering, he's happy to see signs of resiliency that the president highlighted, despite some Americans fearing a looming recession. Newsom says 99% of Nevada private enterprises are considered to be small businesses, which employ about 42% of working Nevadans. Newsom adds, small businesses are a lifeline for Nevada, which he says have helped diversify the state economy in the past 15 to 20 years. Everybody thinks of casinos and mining when they think of Nevada. The small business community is growing leaps and bounds. And I think that's what's important. Newsom cites a recent Wall Street Journal report that says small businesses are responsible for most of the net job growth in the United States since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, accounting for almost four out of five available job openings. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. Meantime, regular listeners know by now our primary mission is to cover national news, but there are times when an international story demands attention. The Associated Press reports with the confirmed death toll approaching 12,000 in Syria and Turkey. President Erdogan visited the especially hard-hit Hatay province, where more than 3,300 people died and entire neighborhoods were destroyed. Residents there have criticized the government's efforts, saying rescuers were slow to arrive. Erdogan, who faces a tough battle for re-election in May, reacted to the mounting frustration by acknowledging problems with the emergency, at the same time saying winter weather had been a factor. This is Public News Service. Starting next year, school lunches in California could get a lot healthier if a new bill passes that would set guidelines for added sugar. Senate Bill 348 would limit the amount of added sugar to 25 grams a day. State Senator Nancy Skinner authored the bill to improve the quality of school lunches now that California is providing two free meals a day to all public school students. For many of these kids, that's more than half the calories they'll consume in a day. We need to make sure that our meals are as healthy as possible and don't contribute to chronic diseases like diabetes. I'm Suzanne Potter. According to the American Diabetes Association, more than 4 million Californians have diabetes. Another 10.3 million have pre-diabetes. The bill does not address food sold in vending machines or at school events. Two Democratic senators have introduced legislation in Washington they hope will become part of the 2023 Farm Bill. 
In the early 1900s, more than 900,000 black farmers owned about 20 million acres of farmland in the United States. By 2017, the U.S. Census of Agriculture says that number had dropped to fewer than 5 million acres. Philip Barker, who co-founded an organization called Operation Spring Plant, says black farmers have historically faced discriminatory lending practices and other barriers that make it hard for them to thrive in agriculture. And he says the problem has become generational. We're having a major problem in getting our kids to come back to the farm. The main key is the next generation because we are aging out. New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker and Congresswoman Alda Adams from North Carolina, also a Democrat, have introduced the Justice for Black Farmers Act to be incorporated into the Farm Bill and address long-standing discrimination against black farmers. I'm Mark Moran. Finally, our Daniel Smith lets us know the increased use of digital devices, computers, television, and tablets exposes us to more blue light daily. Eye professionals are concerned that the constant use of digital devices could eventually result in long-term health problems. Dr. Scott Edmonds at United Healthcare says it's important to know the warning signs if you are looking at your screens and digital devices too long. People that work on the screens all the time will report that their eyes feel scratchy or burny. They often notice that the print goes in and out of focus. Their eyes may tear. They get like red and irritated. People can get headaches brain fog, and those are kind of the things that mean you've really been on that screen too long. Edmund says annual eye exams can help keep your eyes healthy throughout your life and identify the source of eye strain. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member and listener supported. Here are some interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.